most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Welcome to episode 190 of Keeping Up With The Joneses, where this week I smell like fire. No, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the importance of stillness. We need to talk about how good I smell right now. Okay. You do smell very fire-like and manly. I know. We've been camping. We almost literally just got home. We got home a couple hours hours ago. There's something glorious about... Loading up all of your stuff and taking it to the woods. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about that later, but there's something so, I don't know, permissive about being stinky and smelly. Like, I haven't showered in two days. (laughs) Lucky me. (laughs) No, but I smell awesome. Mm -hmm. I smell like dirt and soot and fire and smoke and bacon. Soot? What did you say? Suit? You smell like a suit? <laughs> no, I smell like suit. S-O-O-T. Suit. <laughs> That's what I smell Sorry. like. Yeah. I smell like fire and it's great. Mm-hmm. And I look like absolute trash. And I love. I think that's what's great about camping. Everyone does not look on their A-game. Yeah. It's simple food and nobody's dressed up and everybody's just having a nice time. It's quaint that what you refer to as food was basically a bag of Doritos. <laughs> so when you say, you know, it's simple food, we basically fed our kids. Hot dogs. <laughs> Hot dogs and chips. Yeah. And I can't imagine another realm in which you would call that food. Well, I did feed them waffles and bacon for breakfast. Oh, then then my point is moot. So, you know, <laughs> it's pure health food all the way around. But it's glorious. We've got a couple of weeks to catch up on. We do. Because we didn't record a podcast last week. We didn't. More on that in a second. Yes. So rather than go through a week, I just wrote down some of the things we've done in the last two weeks. Okay. So our students came back from outreach and they shared about their time away and in the nations uh, with SOSL and with Grace Center. Yeah. It was awesome. Listen to them. They were in seven different countries. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Seven different trips. Yep. It was amazing. I just... I listened to them and I was just thinking back to years and years and years ago when I was a school teacher in Edinburgh and the Lord would give me prophetic words about traveling to the nations and prophesying over people. And I, you know, I just had no grid. It's not that I didn't believe him, I don't think. It was just, I don't know how that's going to happen or what that would look like. And and as I'm listening to our students give feedback, the Lord was like, hey, remember all those words? Isn't, isn't it great that not only I taught you how to prophesy, but then you taught other people to prophesy, and then they in turn have taught other people to prophesy. And I was like, Lord, you're you're ridiculous in, in all of your majesty. Yes. It's so cool. It really is. Yeah. We've had Chris Dupre and Alex and Henry Seeley from The Belonging uh, at our school mm-hmm. in the last two weeks. A yep. joy to have them. They're year one and then year amazing. two. Yep. Uh, noteworthy is I finished Zelda in master mode. And for those of you who are like, we already know you finished Zelda. Explain why finishing in master mode is a bigger deal. Well, Master Mode, you start off and all of the bad guys are way harder to beat. So you're kind of trying to avoid them rather than attack them. Correct. And you basically went and did enough shrines and whatnot to get the sword to go kill Ganon. So you you didn't 100% it. You just did the minimum that you could do to make sure that you beat the the game. game. Yeah. And you helped me. Yes. Both of us having beat the game... There's an optional master mode, which, like AJ says, everything's like leveled up and harder. And there's a couple of additions to the game that make it more challenging. And so you basically start all over from the beginning as if you've never played the game. But because we have played the game, we sat down with a little spreadsheet and worked out how many things we need to do this in order to do that. And then plotted our way around. And yeah. and 
it wasn't a cheat guide. We just no, were we, very, we, we used, optimized the we game. We used our game knowledge to get you to where you could beat him. And it just took me a couple of days, really, didn't it? Yeah. A week, maybe? Yeah. I have no intention of playing Master Mode. Oh, you say that. I'm just not going to. I haven't even 100% of the game. I'm at 52%. I'm proud of you for powering through. Thanks. I'm sort of bored at the moment, so I have I have no motivation other than I just wanted to say 100%, so maybe I'll finish it eventually. Well, that's nice. I quite like the... Like, when I got to the end of the game where all you're collecting is 900 Korok seeds, I quite liked... That you were just meandering around the countryside, lifting up rocks and finding stuff. Yes. I'm having trouble finding a particular weapon, and it's proving frustrating that I have to show to a little boy in a village, which just doesn't seem like a good idea in the first place. If, you know. If only you had a bona fide master of Zelda. Yeah, but he's ask. not helping me. He's just like, meh, I found them somewhere. Maybe if you mm-hmm. offer mm-hmm. him something worthy of trade, he might give up that information. Okay. How about some keto chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about adventures in keto later. Okay. Um, the reason I smell like fire, as you've gathered, is it was the M&A camping trip this weekend. We went away... <laughs> just yesterday. Just yesterday. Less than 24 hours ago, we arrived at a campsite and set everything up and... yeah. Had a great time. W- yeah. Well done, Erica and Michelle for organizing that. Yeah, it was great. And there, I mean, there was about 35 or I think 35 people there, maybe 40 uh, emanators, which is fun. Got to meet a bunch of new people. And then we all just hung out around a fire and, you know, talked. It was great. I mostly just looked at a fire all night. I know you were in the zone. And people were like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? I'm, I'm awesome. I'm, I'm perfectly just- fine. <laughs> I'm completely content. I'm just looking at fire. And so our kids had a great time. The thing is, when you go camping, like I said, it is that permission granted to be grubby and dirty and sweaty and smell like fire and earth and all that sort of stuff. But also amusingly enough is our kids woke up at 5.30. Well, we all woke up at 5.30. Well, there was like a symphony of birds that were having some sort of party. I was like, oh, shut up. Well, what I woke up to was you and Tia having a conversation and Tia was like, what's that? And you were like, that's the birds. Do you like them singing? And Tia goes, yeah, I guess I like their songs, but they just sing the same one over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you are my child. And then I was like, and Abby and MJ weren't awake yet. So I was, I was like, Tia, just lie there. Just, you know, whatever. That didn't work. That didn't work. So then you wake up and you got th- you're the only people on the campground with three children. And yes. you're trying to keep them quiet. Yes. But we made the mistake of making bacon, and every time MJ, our five-year-old, saw bacon, he would declare in a loud voice, Bacon, baby! I love me some bacon! We're like, MJ, shh! Richard and Michelle are fast asleep. Mr. Ryan's fast asleep. He kept wanting to go wake up Ryan, who was sleeping in a hammock. I was like, no, buddy, you can't. Is Mr. Ryan awake yet? No. Should I go wake up Mr. Ryan? No. No. Should I swing Mr. Ryan? No. No. So we bundled them into the car. We fed them breakfast. Bundled them in the car and then went on a, it, it seems immoral to call it a hike. Well, it's a bit of a hike. Oh, well then, fantastic. We went on a hike. Yes. and It was a hike for their little legs. It was a hike for mine as well. <laughs> Down to a waterfall. Well, it, I guess it is a waterfall. I've never seen it before. It, it was water coming out of the side of a mountain. Yeah. Uh, not a mountain. It's uh, a waterfall though. Right. 
Well, normally water flows off the top and then... Right. Well, this was coming straight out the side of a mountain. I think because it springs or something, yeah. It was beautiful. It was really pretty. Really beautiful. We posted pictures on our Instagram feeds if if you're just dying to see them. Which won't be there because it only lasts for 24 hours. And oh. by the time this episode airs, they'll be long gone. So sad. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was tremendous. And I was kind of freaked out that we had accomplished so much by 8.30 in the right. morning. We'd gone hiking down to the waterfall... We had gone, stopped at another place. Took photos to of take railways. Some photos, yes. And we took some photos of like a ruined, it's not really a castle, but something like that. A little spring With house. a spring and... Went to a play area. Then went to a park and realized, wow, we've done all this before 8.30 in the morning. I had two of my rings before 9am on <laughs> right. my watch. And so. then came home and packed everything up. My body clock's thrown off because we ate breakfast at what? Six. And then ate lunch at 11. 11, yeah. We couldn't make it any longer. No, I'm I'm now starving, ready to go. But anyway, I had, had a great time. And then came home, just collapsed, really. Me too. I slept for like 45 minutes. I should know that we're recording this on a Saturday. Normally we record this on a Sunday, but tomorrow's going to be a particularly full day because... Abby has her birthday party. Yeah, our what, eldest what? daughter turns 11, so we have a bunch of girls coming over tomorrow. There's going to be loudness and glitter, but yes. cupcakes will be my reward. So um, that's good. And then tonight... I didn't really plan on feeding you a cupcake, I should say. Just so you amateur. know. Yes, go ahead. Yes, tonight. Tonight, you get to go out and celebrate the very wonderful Shannon McClaire, whose birthday is. I do, I do. I'm Happy so birthday, Shannon. It was yesterday. I knew that. I sent yeah. her a text. Yeah, me too. <laughs> From the forest. Texting from the forest. I did like that about this particular campsite that we went to, that I had signal. Because the other one, I don't. But also had Wi-Fi. But I couldn't and find power. the Wi-Fi. And running water. I know. That was great. Yeah. So our main topic for this week is the importance of stillness. Yeah, last week we were getting to record the podcast on that very topic, on stillness. It was something like... Was it 9 p.m. on a Sunday night? I mean, it was such it was a so long day yeah. on Sunday. And it gets to like, I don't know, 8.39. We're sitting down to record a podcast. And I'm, you know, gathering my thoughts. And the Lord's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, we're going to go record a podcast on uh, on stillness. And he's like, why don't you be still instead of talking about being still? <laughs> <laughs> and so I just stuck my head outside the bedroom door, and I think you were in the living room. I was like, babe, we're going to ditch the episode this week, and I'm just going to be still. And you're like, oh, okay, this seems like so it's great happy. to me. <laughs> I think you, I had a bath and went to bed. I was trapped. We were just ex- ex- exhausted. I don't know why. Yes, last two weeks ago, how long ago was it? It seemed like a, a really, really busy week. Yeah. And anyway, it seemed like a smarter step that we would actually practice being still than talking about it. Yes, it worked well. Here's what I was thinking. Depending on the job that you do, you're never likely to be finished your work. Like if, if you have, if, if you have a shift work, like you just go in at nine, you get off at five. Right. Then your work, when you end your work, is determined when your shift ends. Yes. But if you have almost any other kind of job... It feels like there's always stuff to do. I don't know. I mean, I think every other job I've ever had, I didn't take home with me. Like when I worked at National, yeah, there's stuff that you're continuing to work on, but you don't take it home. I mean, it's... I've never had a job like that. When I was a school teacher, for example, there's always stuff you could do. There's 
you know, so you finish allocating homework and then you've got lesson prep. And well, when you decide to end lesson prep, you could always make lesson prep better. And let's say you did finish all your lesson preps and mark everything. Well, then you could work on your classroom and make it a better learning environment. So in every job I've had, there hasn't been a, and now you're finished and you have nothing left to do. Yeah. And so my point is, if you have a job like that, mm-hmm. you've got to find a better metric than, oh, my work is done before I can be finished my work. Right. Because if it has to be finished, then you never get to rest. Right. Or forget jobs. You're a mom. Let, let's say you don't have a yes. job. Let's say you don't, you're not a pastor anymore and you're okay. a mom. Okay. Can you ever imagine a moment in your mom life when you have nothing that needs your attention? No. You've upgraded I mean, all the kitchen. You've tidied the house the way you like it. You've done your architectural tiny. changes. And then, Are you then no. thinking, and I'm now done. I'm not thinking of improving anything else. No. Well, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe it depends on personality. Really? Well, I don't know. Maybe some people are just like once, maybe they're not looking around and thinking, oh, I could do this or I could do that. I don't know. I don't think I've met anybody who... Well, maybe that conversation doesn't come up a lot. I, I think I just assume everybody thinks like me. Like just this week in the midst of our business, I was like, man, I don't really need to allocate some time to tidy up our garage. Like that's a priority. Like of all the thi- <laughs> of all the things that need my attention, I'm thinking oh, I should really tidy our garage. Yeah, would you? Yeah. My, <laughs> my point is that there's always going to be something that wants our attention. There's yes. always going to be an outside source that's wanting our attention. Yeah. And practicing stillness in the midst of that kind of life is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, like stillness is just the spiritual discipline of bringing ourselves to peace. Right. And, but, and it takes actually placing a high value on it to even want to get there. Yeah. It's refusing to allow the things that we have to get done to dictate what we're going to choose to do with our time. Right. I think in our life, I just think today, like going camping, if I'm not, if I'm not careful, if I open up my email, there's all the email that I do need to get back to. Yes. I, I forget which one it was, the Google guy, was one of the top two Google guys that says their approach to email is they open up their email and they answer whatever's at the top with whatever time that they have. And then they close their email. And I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds terrible. But they're just saying there's no way for me to answer all my email. Right. Wow. That has nothing to do with being stillness. It just popped into my head. Yeah, I think that is one of the things I like about Camping Bay because typically there's no internet. There's no, I mean, we sit there after the kids go to bed and for a couple hours stare at a fire. And sometimes we don't even talk. We just stare at a fire. Right. But I I feel like even just going away one night camping, like we had a two-day break. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because when you're at home... You're constantly faced with all the things that could be cleaner, done better, you know, need whatever. Need your attention. Yeah, need your attention. But when you're in the woods, you're in the woods. You can't do any of those things. So you just slow down and you, again, eat eat simple foods that don't take an hour and a half to prepare. And Foods again in air quotes. Yes. But you understand what I'm saying. Yes. So. Ironically, sometimes you have to work harder to reach stillness. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about the weekend we were just talking about, not even the weekend, we went away for less than 24 hours. So right. you are going shopping, 
you are making the waffles that you're going to serve the kids for breakfast right. the night before. Pre-make the food, prep all this stuff, load, load up the, the van, car, yeah. go get the kids from school, work out with their teachers that there's going to be early dismissal, drive two hours, yeah. then unload the car. Set up a tent, right. set up a, you know, Build kitchen, a fire. Basically. Yeah. And that's, that's a ton of effort to do what, essentially? To just look at a fire and then go to sleep in a bed that's way less comfortable than the one that you have at home. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but having said all of that, I feel more still in front of a fire than I do in front of a TV at home. Yeah, so do I. Well, I think because you're not, you know, like even if you're watching TV, I, I don't know if, if anybody else does this, but I think because... Uh, we have such an understanding of inner healing and stuff. I'm constantly even assessing like, oh, they said that they shouldn't have said that. Like, I know that, I know that that Do is a really? fictional character, but I'm like, oh, you know, and yeah, I have found myself praying for people in movies before. <laughs> and then I'm like, what am I doing? This is a fictional thing, you know? Oh. So I think it's hard to switch off uh, sometimes watching TV for right. me, for me it is where Watching a campfire, I, I can completely just zone out and watch the flames dance around and just chill. Oh, it's beautiful. And then yeah. it smells awesome. Oh, it smells awesome. And it's going to be, you know, you think I'm going to turn into a hippie. But last night I was going to bed and I was thinking, we're effectively sleeping outdoors. I mean, yes, we were sleeping outdoors. I, I mean, we're in a tent. So there's a right. couple of millimeters of nylon separating us. Sure. And, but I'm just thinking about how good is it to be breathing all night fresh air? Yeah. Rather than recircled air conditioned. Yeah. Air? Probably very good. Yeah. But we just have to get our, our bed situation sorted out. You don't like our bed? No. Every time you roll over, I feel like I'm going to get shot on top of the kids. <laughs> shot off of the mattress. <laughs> well, there are these cots that we saw at REI. Yes. And they seem beautiful. They do, but they also seem expensive. And I'm like... They do. They do. I, you know, for a couple of times a year. Well, yes. Except that we might go camping a lot this year. I love your enthusiasm for that. You have yet to camp in the Tennessee smugginess that is the summer and the humidity that's why you drive to the mountains baby oh you have an it's answer colder. for everything yep i love it anyway my, I'm, i mentioned this morning <laughs> that i'd already hit you know my apple watch targets two out of three yes by eight thirty this morning i i looked at yesterday and today i've been more physically active than at any other point this year oh my gosh <laughs> and my point is that was a weekend where we went away to be still right so it takes effort in order to be still. Yeah, it does. That's a good point. Well, it's also, I think, the pace of our lives, not our lives, I'm talking about like the royal we, the royal hour, all of right. our lives, Yes, is that stillness is never going to happen accidentally. No, you have to plan for stillness and you have to sort of push things out of the way to achieve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I realized, just, you know, meditating on this topic, that I actually build my week around stillness. I have a couple of key events in my week that I practice being still. And I've learned that if I have those weeks, I am if you a have those person, like chunks of time. I beg your pardon. Yeah. If yeah. I have those key times during my week that yeah. I've I've scheduled that I desire, I, I try my hardest to not let things get in the way of that. Sometimes it happens, sometimes we have guests in or we have, you know, unavoidable uh, events that we have to attend to. Right. But when I can ensure that those key times where all I am in those times is still, man, everything's better. 
Yeah, it makes me think about uh, Psalm 46, verse 10, where it says, Be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. And I think it's true that often uh, we want the latter without practicing the former. Right. Can I just download an app that lets me know God? Right. Yeah, I don't want the stillness part because stillness is going to take too much time and I'm a busy person, but I want to know God. I think that's one of the values we both learned in Toronto, wasn't it? The whole yeah. emphasis on soaking. Yeah. For sure. Where you, I think it was Peter Jackson who said, time spent, with, time spent with the Lord is never time wasted. Yeah. Like some of the most valuable things you can do with your time is just is being still. John Paul Jackson used to say this great line. He used to say, peace is the potting soil of revelation. And for me, that's certainly true. The best, best revelation I get flows from stillness. But it seems so crazy. So think about it. Like, I'm going to be speaking next Sunday at church. Yeah. And so I'm like aware, okay, I have a responsibility. I have to go and teach our church on Sunday and need to get a word from the Lord. Mm-hmm. So one mindset would be, well, you need to set aside some time and study and pray and seek the Lord. But I found I don't get good revelation that way. I find if I actually push away all of that responsibility and say, Lord, I'm going to come be with you as, as I try to do every week. I'm not coming to be with you to get revelation to teach people. I'm coming to be with you because out of you all life flows. And I realize that when I say yes to being still with the Lord and no to the responsibilities that are mounting on me, that when I'm with the Lord, he gives me everything I need for my responsibilities when I leave his presence. Right. Do you ever get the, do you ever dream what you're going to preach? I have a couple of times. It doesn't happen that often. Or I'll, I'll, I'll see a portion of what I'm saying or. It's my favorite way. It's quite fun, isn't it? Yeah. It feels like cheating. (laughs) It does feel like, it's like cheating. Often as I'm it's going like to the bed best cheat ever. <laughs> and falling asleep, I'll watch myself preach, and I'll be like, "That's a great point." And then I'll write it down, and then I'll literally use it. And I'm too scared to tell people because <laughs> maybe it's fraudulent. You're like, where did you get your revelation from? Uh, napping. <laughs> <laughs> Being still, I think, varies from person to person. What that means for you? What do you mean? Well, I think your environment dictates your ability to be still in that place. Like I can be still in places where you would feel like it's nails on a chalkboard. Right. Or what would be stillness to me would be painstakingly boring for you. Yeah. Or, well, you could be still in our bedroom, even if there was like laundry everywhere where I need to run away in horror. (laughs) (laughs) What is it they say? An unmade bed to a husband is just efficiency. An unmade bed to a wife is horror. Yeah. <laughs> it's I uninviting. Just, yeah, I just can't do it. So yeah, my ability to tune out of all of our environment and just be still is must be frustrating. Uh, at times. Well, no, it's good. I'm glad that you can do it. It's just sometimes I actually have to escape the house uh, in order to be still in an environment that I'm not responsible for. One of the things that always amused me when you were writing Finding Father, your book. Yeah. Is that you would say, babe, I just need to go somewhere quiet to work. Yeah. And then you would pack up your iPad and you would leave and you'd go to Frothy Monkey or another coffee house mm-hmm. and you'd work there. And I'd be like, hey, I, I don't want to be like the, the rocket surgeon in the room, but mm-hmm. why is a bustling cafe, uh, like how is that noisier environment calmer to you and quieter than say being at home? Well, what's funny is I guess sometimes a little bit of distraction helps me too when I get stuck. 
So I would put my earphones in so nobody talks to me. It's a universal signal of leave me alone. Actually, usually I wrote it the mercantile. So it's a little bit quieter or considerably quieter than Frothy Monkey. Okay. Um, and I would just have refillable coffee. And when I would sort of get stuck or ponder how I wanted to say something, I just sort of people watch for a few seconds or whatever. And that would sort of help me get unstuck and sort of back into what I wanted to say. Where if I just sit at a desk in a boring room with like no sunlight and just I will write, I won't write. I just, I feel caged somehow. And is that the same for you? I mean, in that example, we're talking about work. But again, that's work flowing, your revelation flowing from stillness. But for you to go be still and have a God time, for example, what's your ideal environment? Um, Either a clean, quiet place. (laughs) I, if the, if the living room and there isn't anything yelling at me, just grabbing a coffee and sitting in the living room is great. Yep. If there's the potential for interruption, I'd rather go someplace and put in my earphones and do it that way. I think too, like you're much better at tuning out the kids. I don't, I can't do that. I have a PhD in that. I hear everything. And yeah, so I think that's partially why it's a little bit more difficult for me at home. I think environments do matter, though. Yeah, they do. Last week, was it last week? A couple of weeks ago, we were having our connect time with Jeff, and so the three of us went off, and you guys like your coffee, so you were like, you said, oh, I really want to go to this new coffee place. I, You know, this coffee is amazing. I really like this place. And so we pull up at it. I'm not there for coffee because I don't drink coffee. And the three of us... Which is very sad. People pray. Pray (laughs) for him. And the three of us walk into this place, which I want to remain nameless, so they're not dishonored. And I, I can't be in there for, like... I'm in there for maybe 30 seconds, and I'm like, I'm going to wait for you at the car. Everything is wrong with the environment. Like, <laughs> everything is wrong. Like, right. the music that's playing, the uh, things on the wall, nothing is straight. I mean, just everything. Like, look at my look at my nonverbal communication. Yeah, he's like crunched into a ball right my now. My shoulders are You're up. Okay. I'm in, in tension. You're okay. And I just had to leave, and you guys were just teasing me and laughing at me. But that environment, like, was just so hostile to me, where we could go, like, I have, you know, one of my favorite hotels in the whole world is a hotel in, in Sydney, Australia. And when I go there, I feel so peaceful and so relaxed. And when we'd be there, I would just love to go down the lobby and sit in the lobby. And again, you know, the the environment would be crazy. There's people moving, you know, left, right, and center, right in the center of Sydney. But I would just feel so, you know, peaceful in that environment. Well, I mean, the place you were talking about too, I mean, their coffee is phenomenal. Like it's just really good, which you wouldn't know because you don't drink coffee, but both Jeff and I were both like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Um, But it's also the ceiling is super low. So I think that's what I feel like when I come in, I feel a bit like I'm in the Hobbit's house or something. So I'm not surprised you didn't like it. It's not your your cup of tea. It being low was the least of my worries. Anyway, (laughs) here's the thing. Stillness is never going to come about in your life without discipline that you practice. Yes. There's just no way that you're going to arrive at a place where you can be still. And I think having practiced stillness for many years, we find that we can be still or be at peace in a number of of environments. But at least when you're practicing, it helps to be an environment that is pleasing to you. So we have a five-step process for you to practice learning stillness, dear listener. All right. Are you ready? I, I am. Oh, good. Hopefully they're ready too. They're probably like, yes, I was ready 5, 10, 15 minutes ago. You. Are you going to kick off? Uh, sure. Sure, right. sure. Number one, 
set a time to practice stillness. So you're literally going to put it in your calendar. Otherwise, it's never going to occur. Right. You're never going to think, now seems like a great time to be still. Right. There's never a good time to be still. You just make a time to be still. Right. Set a non-negotiable time and say, this is a time when I'm going to practice being still. And it's going to seem foolish because you're practicing a new behavior. And I would say, make it every week. Like, try and get a time that works every single week at the same time. Right. Yeah. Number two, in preparation for you being still with the Lord... Begin to ask yourself, what actually restores my soul? Is it like alone time or kind of alone time? And what I mean by that is like for me, alone time, I just want to be left alone. I'll just go to the basement. I'll go to our bedroom. I'll go to our office. As long as there's literally no other human being in my mm-hmm. eyesight, I'm I'm content. Whereas you sometimes have to go to a coffee shop. You like to be around people, but not interacting with people. Yes. I just was giggling because I was trying to picture you in the basement right now. <laughs> surrounded by boxes. I don't care. I'm alone. (laughs) (laughs) And and then also think like, I was also thinking what manufactures stillness in your heart? What leads you to stillness? Is it an appreciation of art? Is is it an ideal time you have in a two hour window to wander around your favorite art gallery on your own without anybody else? Is it food? Is it going to a really nice restaurant? I love being in a restaurant with people I love. It's one of my favorite things to do in life. It, it, It just brings me to stillness. It, do you need quiet? Do you need nature? Are you one of those people that needs to kind of wander around outside yeah. to feel connected to the Lord? Walk around Radnor or, you know, something like that. Radnor is a park here for those it's of you a, who are like... It's a lake. Yeah. Okay. It's a lake, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's so funny because I think sometimes it also depends on mood because I can certainly walk around, you know, Radnor and, and that be something that brings me to stillness, but sometimes just walking around in an art store or craft store or something and not talking to anybody mm-hmm. and just looking at pretty things. I, I, you know, yeah, those things are all helpful. Uh, number three, how do you love to be with the Lord? Like what environment speaks stillness to you? We, we touched on this already a little bit, but it's, it's good to have that sort of discussion with the Lord and, uh, isolate environments that are good for you in, in terms of connection. I found that if it matters to me, it matters to him. Yeah. Like he, he'll meet us in the place that he created us to enjoy. Yeah. Number four, what's your favorite way of connecting with the Lord? So the whole point of stillness is knowing God, you know, be still, know that I am God. Psalm 46 verse 10 so what is your favorite way of connecting with the Lord? Is it reading? Do you feel connected when you read scripture or just read in general? My mother was an avid reader and she would just sit in a corner and she would read. You know, my mother would read books that she'd read before. That's probably the same as me playing a video game I've already finished mm-hmm. because she could just enter into that place. And, you know, there's no doubt a connection with the Lord in that point. But is it reading? Is it praying? We talked about soaking journaling's a big thing for me. Is it dreaming with the Lord? I, I remember we went through a season where we would scrapbook with the Lord, which sounds ridiculous, but we, we'd forgotten how to dream. Yeah. And so the Lord asked us to go buy a bunch of magazines that we'd go through and pull out anything that our heart leapt at and paste it into a little book. Yeah. That was really fun, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, AJ Jones, number five. Practice all those first four things and then review what's working for you. Um, um, and then, yeah. Practice again. Yeah, and measure the fruit of the stillness and the peace that you're enjoying in life. Yeah.
All right, so there's some of our thoughts on stillness and your your five-step plan to put into practice, to practice being still in your life. Let us know what happens to you. Let us know the fruit of those exercises. We'd love to hear from you. We have a conference coming up at Grace Journal that we would love to invite you to. It's called the Source Conference. We'd love you to join our whole team at Grace Center for an incredible weekend all about doing life in the presence of God. The thing that we're most excited about this conference is we have speakers who are all members of Grace Center. They're all experts in their field, and we've asked a collection of speakers to come share with everybody who attends the Source Conference on four main areas of life. So we've got people who are experts at family life. We've got people who are experts in the world of business, people who are experts at leadership, and people who are experts at doing life, like a life saturated in the presence of God. It's going to be a weekend where we are learning from people who love the presence of God and who've got mastery in this area of their life. And we'd love you to be a part of it. Both AJ and I will be sharing at that conference with many of our friends. It's going to be great. We'd love you to come. Find out more at gracecenter.us slash source. For the show notes for this week, they are available at alanandaj.com slash 190. And we look forward to being with you again next week. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you have an awesome week practicing being still. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses Talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone 